Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. It's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Hour 2 of 6.30 Chad Inside Sports underway. Dave Campbell is for Reed Wilkins tonight. Wilkie back in the big chair. Well, he'll be in the big chair on location. He'll be in the big chair back in studio on Tuesday, but on Monday he will host the show from West Edmonton Mall. Side of the Oilers open practice as they're back from their break, and they will have the open practice at the Ice Palace from 3.30 until 5, and then have an autograph session from 6 until 8, and Reed will be down there. Oilers next action will be next Wednesday, or you could say this coming Wednesday, against the Calgary Flames. 6 o'clock is an extended edition of the Face-Off Show. That's when it begins. 8 o'clock is a drop of the puck. Quick uh, scoreboard update. Edmonton Oil Kings in action tonight on the road in Prince Albert against the Raiders. They're down 2 nothing. getting to the midway point of the second period. Uh, American Hockey League action. Top Farm Club of the Bakersfield Condors, the uh, or the uh, Edmonton Oilers, that is, the Bakersfield Condors. They're in Tucson to play the Roadrunners. That game just getting underway. In the NBA tonight, the uh, Raptors looking for their sixth straight win early in the, or late in the f- uh, third quarter in New York. They have a a 70-69 lead on the New York Knicks. If you missed it, Connor McDavid uh, dethroned in the fastest skater competition. Matt Barzell, the New York Islanders, drops a 13.1 second time. McDavid just behind at 13.2. Well, uh, this is a a very sad story to talk about, but uh, a story of uh, also just uh, love, support, uh, people rallying around Nicole Palladino, who uh, suffered a, a very severe injury while on a trip to Costa Rica to talk about it, uh, is uh, a former teammate of hers and, uh, and a friend of hers, uh, Rebecca Reef. Uh, Rebecca, thank you very much for coming on Inside Sports. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yes, it's a, it's a tough story to talk about. I'm sure it's tough for you to, to for you to talk about it, but we we appreciate it. Um, now, you and Nicole played together for the U of A uh, Panda soccer team, correct? Yeah, and we also um, played a year together at McEwen University, and then we both transferred over to the Pandas and then played the rest of our eligibility there together. Okay, um, so mm-hmm. long, long uh, affiliation with uh, Nicole, who unfortunately ten days ago uh, suffered a very severe accident. Uh, could you explain what happened? Yeah, so she was in Costa Rica on vacation with her boyfriend, and they were renting pedal bikes, and they went up a mountain and um, had a nice day up there, and they were coming back down, and the um, bikes were a reverse pedal to brake mm-hmm. and they were and she ended up losing control on the bike and then 
fell off of the cliff, and that's where she perforated her lung and then broke her back. And she is still in Costa Rica now, and her, her family is there, I understand? No, so she oh. actually just got back to Edmonton today. Oh, so is that right? I actually... Yeah, so I'm I'm just visiting her at the hospital right now. <laughs> well, tell me what that was like just to, to be reunited again. I, I'm sure that's not easy, uh, but it is also uh, easy because that's your friend. It's kind of one of those yeah. uh, tough mixed emotion moments, right? Yeah, it was it was so nice to finally see her after everything. Um, yeah, I'm just so happy she's home. She's so happy she's home. She's in really good spirits right now. It's been a good day, so that's awesome. Um, everything is going well, and yeah, we're just we're just so excited that she's home. Yeah, that's great. That's great. No, mm-hmm. no, she is uh, she is paralyzed from the trunk down, though, right? And yes. Yeah. yeah, so we got life changes that we're talking about here. And uh, tell me about you and, and other teammates of, uh, of Nicole and friends of Nicole uh, have started a GoFundMe page. So maybe just uh, spend a couple of minutes here talking about, uh, about that. Yeah, so we started the GoFundMe page just because we started looking into how expensive it is to transition your life to um, be like starting your new journey in a wheelchair. So everything is just so expensive from the rehab or the new chairs and everything that needs to happen to our house. So we set the goal. We originally set the goal for a hundred thousand. And then within the first eight hours, we were halfway there. So then we upped wow. the goal to 200,000 and we're just, we made it past the halfway point last night and we like, so the 200,000 is a good goal, but we we need like uh, 500,000 is honestly what you need within the first year. So it's still a small goal um, considering, even though it's quite a lot of money, but we're working our way there and we're trying to do everything we can to help her family out and help Pal out during this this time. Wow, that that is incredible. I mean, just the the, the human spirit <laughs> just comes through again. Um, what what was Nicole's reaction when you told her where the total is at right now? Yeah, so it's um, it's been interesting because she broke her phone in the accident, so she hasn't really been able to look at it. And so when we saw her in the hospital, we showed it to her, and she was just like so surprised she's like how did you raise this much money this quickly so she's she's really surprised and really happy with the result but we're gonna try to keep going for her and and try to support her as much as we can well nicole sounds like someone who is just a very positive upbeat person and you know through a tough circumstance she's you know she's you know she's she's sounds like she's very you know, like I say, positive and upbeat with you. Uh, tell me, tell me about Nicole as as just a person, and tell me about Nicole how she was as as a competitor. Yeah, so as a person, she's the most friendly, loving, kind human being ever. Like as soon as you meet her, she is just instantly connecting with you. She's really good at making really close bonds with people, and as a teammate. She's an amazing teammate. She was a great leader. Um, she was able to just connect with every single person on the team and make everybody feel welcome. And she was just so hardworking. So she still is. And um, she's just she's just an excellent teammate to have. And it was an honor playing with her. And I love, like, every minute and every memory I have 
of playing soccer with her, I'm going to treasure forever. Yeah, and the friendship just keeps keeps on going. I think that's what's great about this story is it's a, it's a tough story, but it's there's a lot of good out of the story too. And the support, I mean, the fact that you've had that much money is a is a is a really good indicator. Just uh, like I say, it you know it's it's. It's just people banding together. It's 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 an awesome story. Yeah, it's amazing. Like the the soccer community in Edmonton is incredible. Yeah. Like even though it's competitive and stuff, everyone can just kind of just be friends with each other and and like be like a family and it's it's an incredible community to be a part of, but I'm really I'm really proud that I've grown up with it and that Pal has grown up with it and it's it's amazing to see what everyone can do. Tell me, uh, as we finish up here, uh, wh- uh, where can people go find the GoFundMe page and uh, and how they can donate? Yeah, so the GoFundMe page is called Pal Spinal Cord Injury Rehab Fund. It's uh, a little bit of a mouthful, um, but that's on GoFundMe, and um, we've been sharing it on Facebook and Instagram, and just any donation helps, um, any amount, as no matter how small or big, it's it just shows the support that Powell is really needing right now. So that's where you can find it. It's just on GoFundMe and Googling that. Rebecca, I really appreciate you coming on the show here tonight and uh, just uh, talking uh, about your friend and uh, Nicole, talk, pal as you call her. I love that nickname. Mm-hmm. Um, cause she, and she's your pal. She, that's your pal. That's your, that's your friend. Uh, so that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, thank you for the information and the update on the GoFundMe page and, and how people can donate. And I'm really happy that you two are, you know, she's back home. You can see her and support her now. And, uh, you know, she'll, she'll probably get a new phone now. And that'll be good, and she'll, uh, you know, continue to lift people's spirits up even through a tough time. So, uh, Rebecca, it was a it was a treat to talk to you tonight. Take care, okay? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. That's Rebecca Reef, uh, former U of A Golden Bears, sorry, U of A Pandas soccer player. She played goalkeeper. Uh, Nicole Palladino was a forward, and uh, she just finished her eligibility in the fall. And uh, the the Panda soccer team, they're a good team. And uh, Nicole Palladino, 10 days ago, suffered a severe spinal injury. Uh, She fell off her bike, fell down a cliff or off a cliff and uh, suffered uh, severe uh, back injury and uh, lung contusion and is paralyzed from the trunk down. But you can support her and... uh, we that's amazing i mean it's amazing that they have reached uh halfway to the goal and now they have a new goal that's that's amazing so um you got the information when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Information there, so uh, if you can, uh, please support Pal. And uh, Rebecca and her family would really, really appreciate it. Back with more in a moment. (laughs) 
Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers, representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. 7:18 here on 6:30. Chad, Inside Sports. Skills competition continuing. Connor McDavid dethroned tonight by Matt Barzell, who recorded a time of 13.1 seconds in the fastest skater. Carter McDavid just behind at 13.2 for a while there. Chris Kreider, who Carter McDavid pegged as the favorite to win the event. Uh, he had a 15, uh, 13.5. So that's the story there. And right now they're doing the accuracy shooting and uh, Leon Dreisettle is in this event. I have a complaint here. What? This... What are they shooting at? It looks like it's like a plasma screen in front of a TV. Yeah, it does. It, it's not the targets. It's not what happened the, to the foam targets? It's not those old foam targets that I used to love when they incinerated. Yeah, they were great. <laughs> they were awesome. They, that was really good. Maybe they ran out of foam. I don't know. But, you know, I think every kid growing up in the city had, like, the road hockey net with the four foam targets on the corner. And that's something you could take those off the net or keep them on the net and that stuff and just, you know play accuracy shooting and have your own skills yeah. competition growing up and everything but yeah it looks like it's just like a virtual net design i am not a fan of this for one bit this is this is terrible this is awful. darn kids in your technology and your plasma tvs that you have to explode now that's right what happened to foam targets what happened to time to times when it was simpler in life mm-hmm. when you picked up had to have a garbage can and threw the shattered foam target into the into the garbage can. Now you do nothing. Get off my lawn. Quit playing your music loud. Now All you go. Stuff. Now <laughs> you go escape, and then reload the program. Come on. Here's an odd text. All right. At four nine six zero zero six three, the two former Oilers head coaches are currently coaching the worst teams in the Western Conference. What does that say about the order selection process for head coaches? What are you talking about? It means they're not coaches here anymore, and someone else picked them. I'll remind you, Dave Tippett is the head coach of the Oilers, who are second in the Pacific Division in a very tight race. There you go. Uh, We're going to keep the U of A theme going tonight, and we're going to meet a young man right now by the name of Carter O'Donnell, not related to Matt O'Donnell. He's from... uh, uh, Matt O'Donnell's from Ontario, I believe. (laughs) <laughs> I have to look it up. I had a brain fart there. Uh, Carter O'Donnell's from Red Deer. But Carter had a chance to go to St. Petersburg, Florida last week and take part in the East-West Shrine Bowl. Carter, nice to have you on the show. How you doing? I'm good, thanks. Happy to be here. It's been a busy time for you, and uh, congratulations, by the way, last week. You're down at St. Petersburg, Florida, uh, taking part in the uh, East-West Shrine Bowl, which is very cool, but you also avoided the bitter cold weather last week. So props to you, man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, tell me about that experience. Uh, the uh, You were one of two players from U-Sports to uh, represent uh, U-Sports, basically, and go down to St. Petersburg, Florida, and, uh, you know, basically uh, take part in a big game, a game that's been around for a long, long time. Tell me about the experience. Uh, it was a great experience. Uh, it was like just uh, meeting everyone from all those big schools in the States, you know, talking to guys that have, like, uh, 60, 80, even, like, 100,000 people at the games, and, uh, yeah, just uh, taking part, like obviously the Shriners, uh, 
the great work down there, and it was just uh, like an honor to be a part of all that. Now, it, you're not just down there for the game, right? I mean, this is this is a whole week of uh, of practices and, and some media stuff and special appearances. Is, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, it was. I was there for about eight days. Um, uh, the first day, you kind of just get settled in and uh, just yeah, I give you some stuff. And then the following day, so on Sunday, you go and you uh, meet, meet some of the patients at the Shriners Hospital. Uh, you know, sign footballs and just kind of get to know the patients. Um, and then you get practices both, uh, Monday to Thursday. Um, pretty packed schedule. You just kind of learn the playbook. And uh, yeah, and then on Friday, there's a, like a meet and greet. And then on Saturday, you play the game. And, and then on uh, Sunday, you fly home. Wow, that that's a very involved thing. Uh, t- tell me about the, the visiting the Shriners Hospital, and of course we know we know about the Stollery here, and we know how important that is to Edmonton. But but getting out in the community and, and doing stuff like that, um, especially in a place where you know it's uh, it's not a familiar place to you in St. Petersburg, but getting a chance to kind of meet meet some local people that you know need some help and needs a need someone to put a smile on their face. Yeah, like that's that's always it's always so fun to do stuff like that. It's so heartwarming and just great to give back in any way possible. Especially uh, considering the Shriners are uh, wanting me to come down there and play football. So it's just great to meet all the families and you know nice people and nice people. So there's not much of a change. Carter O'Donnell joining us uh, from the U of A Golden Bears football team uh, here on 6.30 Chad Inside Sports. He was uh, able to participate in last week's East-West Shrine Bowl. Now, you started at right tackle, is is that correct? Yep, yeah, I started the game at right tackle. So when they tapped you on the shoulder and said, Carter, you're going to start, um, did you know you were going to start? And, uh, and and when they told you, what what was that like? Yeah, so uh, over the depth chart throughout the week, and I kinda, everyone kind of moved around a little bit. You played a different side. You kind of want to showcase, uh, you know, like, uh, what you can do. And, uh, you know, the practices are really just as, as important as the game for, uh, for all the scouts and everything. So, um yeah, I don't know. We just saw the list, and um, you know, they said uh, uh, they said it wasn't performance based, but uh, I guess they didn't really know. Um, but yeah, no, I started right tackle, and I thought that was pretty great. <laughs> I don't know, I don't want to say it, but yeah. <laughs> now you play tackle with the U of A, right? Now, did you have you played both left and right? No, I've only played uh, right side. Okay. U of A here in the last four years, I played a little bit of guard, but uh, mostly right tackle. Yeah. Did you play the whole game, or, or how does that work? Because I'm not sure what the rosters are like, but how long did you play? Uh, yeah, so for us, we had 17 alignment. So there were oh. two lines and two rotating guys also in there. When did it become uh, – I'm sure when you get down there, and, you, and like you say, you're talking to these uh, scouts from these schools, and like you say, some of them – I mean, they're, you're playing in front of 100,000 fans. Um, I'm sure it was intimidating. How long did it take for you to – kind of get over that intimidation factor and, and kind of just do what you do? Um, you know, I, I was pretty nervous, I guess, the whole time. Uh, or for a little bit. And then, you know, you start playing and, uh, you know, the guys start moving around and you just play football. And after that, after a little bit of just kind of get, like, knocking the rest off, I guess, and playing, you realize, you know, I fit in like, like right in with these guys. and. Right on. Carter O'Donnell joining us from the U of A Golden Bears football program. Uh, offensive tackle uh, was able to uh, go down to the East-West Shrine Bowl last week in St. Petersburg, Florida. Um, you already have a, an invite to the National Combine for the CFL uh, in Toronto. Um, 
I, is there any uh, talk about uh, a pro day for NFL teams, kind of like what Mark Corday had here uh, a couple of years ago? Are you getting some interest from NFL teams? Yeah, yeah no, I'll uh, most definitely probably host a pro day. Uh, got interest from a, a, de- a decent amount of NFL teams, so, yeah. And you took a step forward last year, and you made the playoffs. Yeah, no, that's good to see. Like, uh, you know, it's my, probably my last year on the team. Uh, I've been here four years, so it's great to see, uh, you know, a team just progress like that. You know, my first year, we didn't win a whole lot of games. Made the playoff berth uh, on a losing record in my second year, so it was nice to see, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, we the place better than when you came. There's Carter O'Donnell, right tackle for the U of A Alberta Golden Bears. Uh, so a pro day is coming up for him, so that's uh, exciting, like Mark Corday had two years ago. Uh, he did not get signed by an NFL team. I think he had a rookie camp, mini camp invite to, I can't remember where, but then he signed with the Red Blacks after being drafted fourth overall. So it's been a good run of U of A, Alberta offensive lineman. David Beard's the starting center, free agent. They need to sign him, in my opinion. Got to sign him. Uh, and by the way, Matt O'Donnell is from Comox, BC. Sorry, Matt. My bad. After the news break, guy who usually gets his facts correct and his numbers correct, Bob Stoffer will join us from Claire Drake Arena. Golden Bears and Dinos beginning a series this weekend. Bears pretty much have wrapped up Canada West, but uh, going to play out the string here as uh, we are approaching playoff time in Canada West as well. Dave Campbell and Reed Wilkins, a Friday evening edition of Inside Sports on 630 Chad. Your home for all the news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. 2-1 Metropolitan leads Ryan Kessler. The speed of this game is picked up. What a pass. Kessler to McDavid. What a move. Yikes. There's a million dollar move. Yeah, Kessler with the perfect pass. McDavid with his speed. He had the chance earlier on a turnover, walked in and just got a little pressure that Bobrovsky, you can see him even reaching behind, but this is what McDavid does so well. That open ice jumps in and he read that. You can see he was just going to stop up and he read the aggressive move with the poke check by Bobrovsky. He did a little toe pick but got the puck where it mattered most, in the back of the net and then got up before falling into the end boards. Yeah, McDavid's a pretty good hockey player. As uh, we're back here, final half hour of the week on 6.30 Chet Inside Sports with uh, Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins. So McDavid gets dethroned in the fastest skater competition by Matthew Barzell. Uh, 13.1 seconds, McDavid dropped to 13.2. At one point, uh, Leon Dreisettle was leading the uh, the uh, accuracy shooting, which they time you as well now. It's not just how many targets you break, it's how quickly you can do it. And I know Jacob Slavin beat him by almost a second. I'm not sure if he won or not. Uh, right now, the uh, women's three-on-three is warming up, and I, I, I will say it again, could be the show stealer of the whole darn weekend. Uh, Matthew Kachuk is on the all-star uh, roster for Team Pacific, or the Pacific Division, with uh, two rivals in Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. So he was asked, so... Is that going to be okay this weekend? Well, you probably guess what McDavid said. Yeah, we're here to have a good time, honestly. Um, you know, whatever, uh, whatever's going on, you know, it'll be settled uh, 
definitely not at the All-Star game. So um, I'm just looking to have a good time and, and uh, put on a good show for the fans. Yeah, I don't think they'll be waxing the back from McDavid or Dreisaitl. But uh, on the 29th of January, as we bring in Bob Stoffer live from Claire Drake Arena, ah, there could be some lumber throwing and maybe fits flying in that game when these two teams get back uh, on the ice and play an actual game for the first time in a while. Yeah, that could be the case, Dave, or absolutely nothing could happen. We've seen, you know, last year, uh, Zach Cassian went after Matthew Kachuk in November, uh, the second last game of Tom McClellan's reign as head coach of the Oilers, and uh, Kachuk turtled. Uh, at the end of the game, Milan Lucic went after Matthew Kachuk, skated by the Calgary bench, and said either he steps up or somebody else gets it, and they came in Edmonton and played the quietest game you've ever seen the next time the two teams played. Obviously, with uh, Lucic and Zach Ronaldo, Although, uh, as part of the Calgary Flames now, they've got the backup to kind of play a more physical game. Uh, I'm not sure we're going to see that happen on Wednesday night. Yeah, I got a feeling it's probably going to be on the uh, the side of a bit quiet. It might be intense. But plus, these two teams are coming back from their break, so it might be tough for them to, to find their uh, game legs. But uh, then they play four, four nights later in Calgary. That game might be a, a little testy as well. Uh, interesting comments today from Ken Holland about the trade deadline um it's a month away calendar wise um you get the feeling bob he's going to wait right till the almost to, to, to the to the 11th hour to the deadline to make it make up his mind of what he will do or won't do they got 13 games left uh, until the uh, deadline, and uh, you know I think they got to go nine and four, eight and five for the Oilers to you know move a significant asset. I, I see a similar sort of scenario as occurred in 2016-17 when Peter Shirelli traded Brandon Davidson to Montreal and got back DeHarnay. I could see the Oilers looking for a center, preferably a right shot center. Um, I even wonder about a guy like Curtis Lazar, who. Has kind of established himself here over the last 20 games with the mm-hmm. Buffalo Sabers, yeah. and has played pretty well. He's on a he's on a high two-way deal. Uh, he is a right shot. He's got history with Connor McDavid. Uh, I'm talking, you know, is he is how much of an upgrade is he on a guy like Gaetan Haas? Um, it's funny, I, I'm, as you know, I'm at Claire Drake Arena tonight. The Bears uh, yes. put one in their own net, and uh, Brendan Burks, yeah, Brendan Burks had a very iffy start here, and it's three nothing for uh, Calgary through one wow. period. Uh, and Alberta can't buy a call in the first period as well. But Savin Kara is Jujar Kara's uh, younger brother. He's playing for the Dinos, and uh, you know, I think when we get back, we might see Jujar get a three-game window where maybe he gets both. Calgary in the game against St. Louis. By the way, Dave, St. Louis is in Calgary. St. Louis is in Vancouver on Monday. They're in Calgary on Tuesday. Calgary flies to play the Oilers on the Wednesday. Oh, okay. And then Edmonton's got St. Louis on the Friday, and then the Oilers go to Calgary second of a back-to-back. But, uh, you know, and I bring up I bring up Jujar. He needs to get going. And I wonder at what point, and I put the tweet out today just on Tyler Benson, like Yamamoto clearly gave the uh, organization something when he got recalled. I think Benson is better than some of the guys that have had opportunities on the left side this year. And I wouldn't hesitate to play him coming out of the All-Star break. So I wonder at some stage in February if we're going to see Tyler Benson in the lineup as well. And that, that's an interesting question I have about. Uh, that's interesting you bring up Tyler Benson. We've we've heard the talk for the last, you know, two three weeks, maybe even four weeks. Where do you potentially see Tyler Benson as a fit on this roster? Like, is it 
as easy as simple. Yamamoto just found a home with uh, Drysaddle and, and Nugent Hopkins. Is it as simple for Benson as it was for Yamamoto the, that Dave Tippett can find a home for him quickly? Not sure the same opportunity would present itself. Like you look at Yamamoto and you know he's played eight games now with Drysaddle and Nugent Hopkins, and Nugent Hopkins has completely jump-started his career or his season this year. He's got the six goals and 13 points in eight games, and Leon's got 14 points, and, and Yamamoto's got three, three, and six, and it's plus six. Uh, I see Benson on a soft minutes matchup line, potentially with Haas and Chase on, and then that would allow, allow the Oilers to play Nygaard with Shane and Archibald. So that's kind of how I think there's a lot put it this way. I think they're pretty comfortable with the three lines. Like, I, I don't expect Archibald to stay with McDavid. Cassian, obviously, his suspension's up. I think Cassian and Neil will be with McDavid. Uh, they're not going to clearly break up Nugent Hopkins, Settle and Yamamoto. And I think, that again, you'll see Nygaard and Archibald on the wings flanking uh, Sheehan. So if Benson gets the recall, I see Benson playing with Haas and Chase on. Okay, and a lot of games coming up for the Oilers. It's been a quiet January as far as the number of games, but the next, I believe it's, what, 30 games in the next 60 days, so a lot is going to happen, and we're going to know pretty quickly if the Oilers are in or, in or, in or out, or I imagine they'll be in the fight, but uh, a lot of movement's going to happen in these next 60 days, and even in the next 30 days, like you say, 13 games to the trade deadline, so that's a lot of games. Yeah, it, it's a lot of games. I mean, they've had a very easy schedule here of late. I mean, they're going to go nine games over 37 days after playing 14 games in 23 days that almost killed the team, but they got a chance to get a little bit of practice time in. Uh, I think that they're, they're in a better place since they've recalled uh, Yamamoto. Uh, you know, Matt Benning's playing his, what, his third game now down on the minors tonight. Yep. Um, maybe he gets one more in, and then he'll be coming up this week as well. I actually think Benning's uh, helps settle Chris Russell down a bit. Uh, and it also gives him a true lefty-righty compliment because Jones has been playing over on the right side. It's all right there for Edmonton, right? There's five teams within a point of each other. The Oilers are one point behind Vancouver, and Edmonton and Vancouver play the fewest games. Like, the Oilers and Vancouver are in a real good spot here. Uh, you take a look at uh, Vegas, and they played three more games in Edmonton, and, you know, that's based on points percentage. That's, that's a four-point difference in the standings. You know, so, but the Oilers got to take care of business themselves. So, you know, they, they got a tough, those first four games, Calgary, St. Louis, Calgary, and uh, Arizona, they're going to they're gonna tell us a fair amount right away. You know, three games in the division, and obviously a game against the reigning Stanley Cup champs. And a St. Louis team that's been able to, with uh, Jay Bomeister, who I saw skate here in this arena when he was 12, and I thought he was uh, one of Rob Dom's uh, uh, 18-year-old uh, uh, red shirt freshman didn't realize he was, he was Jay was only 12 years of age at the time but ever since St. Louis put Bomeister and Pareko together that's that's when they became an elite team that and the, they called up Bennington and uh, they've been able to shut down opposition's top guys but the orders have always gone McDavid and Dry settled together so going to be really intrigued to see if Leon and Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto can continue to contribute five on five uh, and McDavid and Dry settle can give Edmonton that one-two punch down the middle no question about
about it. So again, you're at uh, Claire Drake Arena. The Bears down 3-0 to the Dinos. Uh, they have, I guess after this game, they would have five conference games left. They've already clinched the playoff spot. And uh, they are leading the Saskatchewan Huskies at the moment uh, by four points yeah, for first place in the Canada West. Yeah, it's still right there for Alberta. I mean, look, they can, they got a ton of skill. They have uh, nine players that had at least 80-point seasons in the Western Hockey League, and they didn't capitalize on their chances in the first. Uh, the shots are 8-8. It wouldn't surprise me the rest of the way if Alberta outshot Calgary 30-15. to The question is, can they make up the three goals? But this team on paper is got more skill than any team the Bears have had in the last 30 years. Uh, but they're 19-3 and in conference play, and I still think they got way more game to give. I don't think they've come close to playing at the level that they could if, he, if Ian Herbers gets everybody going uh, here all at once. Bob, appreciate it as always, man. Enjoy the rest of the game, okay? Hey, yeah, Dave, uh, just a reminder, you can have me anytime if you're stuck and can't get anybody better on the air. <laughs> you're at the top of that list, by the way. Any Always love having Bob Stoffer on the air from the Claire Drake Arena. They're down 3 nothing to the Calgary Dinos. Oh, boy, that's not good. Um, but the Bears are very close to clinching first place in the conference, Canada West Conference as well. The three-on-three game is going on right now, and uh, Canada's up one nothing. Woohoo! There you go. With uh, just about three minutes into the game, I want to read a great quote from Rick Tockett, who is the uh, head coach of the Pacific All-Star. By the way, Rebecca team. Johnston with the goal to put us up one nothing. So the inside sports feel-good mojo working yes. tonight. Rebecca Johnston, good friend of the show now. Good friend of the show. Yes, indeed. Uh, Rick Tockett, of course, is the head coach of the Pacific Division. He had to replace Gerard Gallant, who was bounced by the Golden Knights. Um, Tockett had a great line. I might try to coach the women's team. So there's one Kessel that will listen to me. <laughs> Of course, that's Amanda Kessel for Team USA, and Phil Kessel plays for Rick Tockett. Jacob Slavin, by the way, did win the accuracy shooting, and as uh, he uh, dethrones, uh, not dethrones, but he uh, bested the time of Leon Dreisaitl, had about 10 and a half, and Slavin came in about, uh, about a second quicker. So that's impressive. When we come back, we're going to do something special. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Back to rap in a moment. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers, representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. I want to say after due to sorting the belt, they're the real world champion. I'm going to tell you all with a tear in my eye. This is the greatest moment in my life. But you're too selfish! You just want to put your sharpshooter on. I could have won the match. I don't need you with a bad leg doing a brick. You're too damn selfish! And that's why you're sitting there with a bad leg. And that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. Because this contract states, Austin's new contract states, he can't put his hands on Mr. McMahon unless it's a match. Well, there's the and here we go! Okay, very good. Rick Flair, you have made world put that cigarette out. Hey Dave, what weekend is it? 
Oh, gotta turn the mic on. <laughs> it's the Royal Rumble. There you go. There you go. Yes. Kel and I are going to do Royal Rumble predictions for a few minutes here, okay? All right. But first, I got to say uh, some very iconic names, including one that was just in this city a year ago in mm-hmm. Ric Flair. Yeah. What a night at the Jubilee Auditorium with Jimmy Mouth of South Heart. And probably the greatest Rumble match of all time, the 92 Royal Rumble. Oh, definitely. I, I am I am with you right there. That was an excellent Rumble. Um, and then Owen Hart. God rest his soul, the late Owen Hart saying, that's why, Brett, I kicked your leg out of your leg. (laughs) (laughs) The 94 Royal Rumble, the start of the, uh, it was the heel rocket, and then later on in 94, it was the King of Hearts gimmick that he wrestled way until 97 or so when they reformed the Hart Foundation. There you go. There we go. And then uh, you heard a clip from the 99 Royal Rumble, which was the first meeting in a long time in ring between Stone Cold and Mr. McMahon. That's right. Because of the storyline, because Austin signed a contract that, yeah, he wouldn't touch McMahon until the Rumble, but they would start the Rumble at number one and number two. One of my favorite all-time Rumble moments is just that square off and then just Austin just, you know, attacking Mr. McMahon in the ring. It was crazy. It was a great match. It was a great storyline. That's one of the best storylines in in wrestling history, for Mm -hmm. sure. Okay, so 30-man Royal Rumble, 30, uh, the women Royal Rumble, which is also 30 women, which I think only has like six participants in it. So that'll be... That I've declared so far. Yeah, Yeah. it's confusing. Okay, so... um, I'll start with you, Kellen. Sure. Your predictions for both matches, please. For both rumbles. On the men's side, I'm going to go off the board a little bit and say Tommaso Ciampa wins the Royal Rumble from the number one spot. NXT year, yeah. Yep. And uh, his quest to get back his NXT title, uh, you know, will continue. And potentially, because there's rumor that there will be a NXT title match on the main card at WrestleMania, I think you have Adam Cole, and I've, who's the NXT champion. I think you have Tommaso Ciampa go head-to-head in that. I think that's a no-brainer. On the women's side, a former NXT women's champion that has just recently declared her intentions to go up to the main roster, Shayna Baszler, will win the Women's Royal Rumble. And I wonder if Rousey factors in at some point between now and then, but, Mm -hmm. you know, Rousey is also... I love Ronda Rousey. She's she's excellent. Uh, She needs a redo from that terrible finish at WrestleMania. Which is a terrible card. It was. It was awful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, being there live, it was a kind of a, a, a head-scratching moment for sure. And also, not a lot of people know, she got hurt almost rather seriously in that match. She, she did. almost lost the tip of her pinky finger yep. going through the uh, table there. So that she was suffering from a severe severed finger for a while. And, you know. So I'm with you with Baszler. Yeah. So here's my here's my wild prediction. I've been waiting all week to hear this, so here we go, folks. So Brock Lesnar is currently the Raw champion, right. which is the WWE title holder, but he's going to be the number one entrant. Okay. I also wonder how many guys he's going to throw out until someone stays in with him, and then they can fill the ring a little bit. I mm-hmm. wonder when they're going to play that out. You know they're going to do that. They're absolutely going to do that, unless they blow the whole thing out of the water and pick someone at two. Mm. I, I hope they don't do that. But here's this scenario, okay? I predict somewhere between 22 and 30, you will hear John Cena's music. Wow. John Cena will hit the ring and eliminate Brock Lesnar. That'd be cool. 
and he will win the Royal Rumble. That's sweet. Yeah, he will win it. And then we will have a Lesnar-Cena match at WrestleMania. Which, it's WrestleMania, so that's cool, for sure. And then, yeah. like I said, I've... I think I said Ciampa would win from the number one spot. I forgot that they were doing this stupid storyline with Lesnar as the number one entrant going through the entire Rumble and that stuff. So that's a great prediction by you. I still stand by mine. So we'll meet on Monday and we'll figure out who was correct. I will be totally wrong. And the dog food match will suck. Yeah, we won't talk about We're not going to talk about that you can, at all. You can take a nap before the two Rumbles begin. Mm-hmm. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to uh, Northern Chicken, bringing down South comfort food to Edmonton with their creative take on Southern classics, spun with a modern twist. So it's a one nothing for Canada over the U.S. in the women's three-on-three game. Rebecca Johnston with the only goal for Canada. Looks like a fun game. I said this is going to be good. This is going to be really, really good. I did say that. By the way, uh, Florida Panthers have been awarded the 2021 all-star game that'll take place on january the 29th and will there be a new format is this the last year for the three-on-three format because gary bettman the commissioner of the nhl said uh, in a news conference earlier today that uh, they're thinking about changing the format maybe uh, going back to north america versus the world maybe having a international competition like would they do a three-on-three tournament with uh, you know kind of like a mini world cup kind of thing that's something that uh, could be possible as well scoreboard tonight in the nba the toronto raptors have won their sixth in a row 118 112 over the new york knicks the oil kings down 2-1 with about 12 minutes left in the third period of play down 2-1 to the pa raiders they're in saskatoon to play the blades tomorrow then they're back home on tuesday to play the um, uh, the Brandon Wheat Kings, I believe. Yeah, that's what's happening there. 1-1 is the score between Bakersfield and Tucson. And that game is at the end of one period of play. Evan Bouchard and Tyler Benson will be uh, representing the Condors at the AHL All-Star Showcase. That game goes on Monday. Their skills goes on Sunday. And will Tyler Benson be making his way up to Edmonton? Uh, a lot of people think so, including Bob Stoffer. The fit, to me, doesn't seem as cut and dry here. By the way, if uh, you want to uh, contribute to the GoFundMe page for Nicole Palladino, who suffered that severe spinal injury in Costa Rica uh, 10 days ago, uh, you just go to Pal Spinal Cord Injury Rehab Fund, and you can find it there. We really thank Rebecca Ree for joining us tonight. Former U of A Pandas soccer player. Uh, teammate and a good friend of Nicole. We also thank Carter O'Donnell, offensive lineman for the U of A. We thank Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott for joining us. We thank Kellen Kennedy. Thanks for uh, your help. And It was fun this week, yeah. Dave. Let's do it again soon. Wilkie's back on Monday. Open practice at West Edmonton Mall. Oilers from 3.30 to 5, 6 to 8 is the autograph session. Inside Sports Live from WEM from 6 until 8. All-star coverage begins tomorrow at 6 o'clock as well, right here on 6.30 Chad. Have a great weekend. Adler's next. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.